episode of Speakers of Heidland is made possible by our generous patrons. Special thanks to our supreme and master speakers, Omega Cat Comet, Erizu Yamakawa, Alex Franco AV, Winebow Brood, Psyche, Azuta Starbreeze, Cletus Oreo, Nina Grimstarter, Lily Black, Bob Cece, Mictor Rabentau, Edwin, Arcadia Lunashine, Anathus Moonscar, Pamela Isley, Camille Grinno, Elenriel Maximus, Codrith Novelis, Mira Miri, Suno Shikano, Celesto Nottrell, Lazy Boy, A Wild Sarah, Luke Osborne, Pandalu Stormarrow, Tex, Kai Lin, Arthur Law, Biridan Derard, Simepup, Spencer Christmas, Noifafnir, Chester Saltiri, Celine Deluden, Wolf, Severa, Circuit Barakil, AJ Brainswordson, Kazran, and Nat Clay. Support the show and become a patron today at patreon.com slash speakers6iv. Thank you. This is Speakers of Highland. Good evening, Aorcians. Welcome to Speakers of Phylon, episode 339. I'm Lakeel Bravestone, and I'm joined today by Georgi Wiston, Mela Vanadar, and Rolodes. Uh, uh, it is February 25th, Shut up, Mela. 2023. Um, welcome. We have some stuff to talk about today. We are going to continue the Koji Fox interview that we started last week. Oh yeah, she also mentioned there's been no drama. At least oh, no drama did. of particular note. Unless it happens... Live. It might happen live. Might, we might have breaking news. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I think there's some drama happening in Rollo's panel. Um, uh, yeah. Choking. Mm. Rollo was downing. Oh, what were you eating? I I have some I, some cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> I was trying to eat it. <laughs> I still have some left, so excuse yeah, me. Good bring luck. back okay. the Varro days. Yeah, bring, <laughs> yeah you're chuckling Varro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be, of course, like I said, talking about Koji Fox. Uh, the Koji Fox interview will finish it. Uh, we'll be... <laughs> Discussing little ladies. Like a, sorry, he just looks like a monster as the milk dribbles from his <laughs> mouth down his beard. It's stuck on my beard. What am I supposed to do? What? You had so much time to finish that, by the way. Wear a napkin. Literally. No, because I had to. I had to finish my fucking popcorn too. <laughs> I would have been less awkward to eat on air. Uh, uh-huh. I love it. And, and it's a nice soda pop to wash it down. Okay. What That's disgusting. Champions. Let's continue. We are going to talk about Little Ladies Day 2023. And we'll be and reading your mogmail. Speakersxiv.com uh, slash mogmail. Stay tuned if you're watching live for the post show. We'll be answering questions from the syndicate. All right. Let's jump into uh, recent events and get the show started. Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Recent <laughs> events. Oh, are you are you are you narrating the the? Oh, it's so funny to me. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's start. First story: um, Dice, the Dice Awards, the twenty sixth annual Dice Awards. Uh, wow. Endwalker has won Game of the Year. No, online Yay. Game of the Year. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> A correction. Finance, uh, sorry, Endwalker has won online game of the year. Yay! Oh, yay. 
I don't know. There's not much to say about that. Yoshipi posted a video um, thanking everyone for that. 26 years of dice. So it started in 97 or 98? I don't think I had much of an awareness of it except very... Re I mean, I don't remember, like, PC Gamer Magazine or whatever having, like, this is the Dice Award winners or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, f I feel like I didn't... Well, I guess I just wasn't deep enough into this no. shit to, to realize... I, mean, I was a baby in the 90s, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. So there you go. Congratulations, everyone. We won again. Um, Keep winning. <laughs> <laughs> we can't stop winning, suffering from success. All right, Little Ladies Day uh, is back. A dance to remember. Whoa. Starting on March 1st uh, at noon PST um, until March 15th, so two weeks. Um, Where are you reading that from? From our show notes, you know, yeah, the, the notes, notes that we use that's... for the show. Yeah, but that's that's not what it says on the, the webs. Oh, that's last year's. <laughs> Yergi. <laughs> no. Okay. Anyway, what why are you? Where are you? Fast when I googled it. We literally have show notes. <laughs> why are you googling this? That's why we have show notes. I know. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Because there was no description. I was. Oh, you're looking if for that the description. Yeah, I was wondering if that was the case on the website as well. Uh, or no, if, no, like... there is a small description. It says the Royal Seneschal has a new event in mind to bring smiles to all the princesses of the realm. Yeah. Okay, thank you. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> I'm sorry. No worries. Yeah. Uh, okay, yes. So, uh, yeah, we don't really know much else uh, other than the subtitle there. Um, uh... I would be willing to stake a reasonable amount of money that this is a dance I will forget. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mela, you may not because one the rewards one of the rewards is the dance. So um... you, you may not forget it. They might force you to remember it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're on your hot bar. It'll be there forever. Yeah. Uh there's uh there's depends how good it is. Yeah. The rewards These is... knees will forever be a good dance, but like <laughs> these knees is a shit dance. How... Oh. <laughs> I won't, I won't take bees knees this... slander oh, on my. You know what? Hey, show. real quick. Yeah. New video idea. Tier list for the mounts and the emotes. All, all we do it all together. No, oh two separate God. videos. Two that separate is, videos. That has to be two. Content, content. Content, 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 content. Two videos. Content. Two videos. <laughs> yes. Sorry, two videos. Two videos. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, mobile tier list of all the mobile salt they put on the walls. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Um... The, uh, the, the, there are three rewards. There are only picture, two, two pictures, because one of them is an orchestrian role. Uh, mm -hmm. for... Decisions. Decisions. Is that a new theme, or is that an existing... No, it's existed, it's existed at least since, um, what's it called? Uh, a Heaven's Word. Um, it, oh. a, it's used relatively frequently during the Anima quest line, whenever oh, you, like, okay. you're admiring the existence of Anima. <laughs> I see. Okay. All right. Um, the, the first on the left there is the dance, and the second is um, a painting or like a poster. Is what uh, it is. It's a lovely little Ladies Day advertisement. Mm -hmm. And the dance is just has, Little Ladies It dance. has the Moogle with the heart palm. Uh, 
Yeah, it has the Valentino's movie. Oh, is yeah. this from like two or so years ago? From the it combined looks like lo-fi, lo-fi, lo-fi oh, DS2. It does look like that movie. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's from last, last year. Yeah, because they combined okay. Little Ladies Day and Valentine's Day. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't um, remember that last questline though, but I assume it was about that girl. Yeah. <laughs> There's some um, the dance. Uh, it reminds me. Remember when they said that dancers would get different types of weapons, including fans? Where are our mm. fans? That's a good point. That's what? where. As are in, our... as a weapon. Yeah, as a weapon. For dancer. Um, you mean like actual hmm. models that aren't just like the chakrams, or yeah, I, yeah, they yeah. should have guns. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, oh well, I guess they have knives and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they Yoshi P. <laughs> yeah. Yoshi Where are P. the fans? Where are the fans? It's fan fest this year, and there's not even one not even... fan for dancers. That's oh. right. That's right. Um. Anyways, uh, Little Lady Stay will obviously review it when it comes out. That's. Yeah, I, mean, I guess we'll be reviewing it next week. Oh my god, it's March already almost. That's horrible. Three days weather. away. I hate February. Smart weather. Lukiel, <laughs> <laughs> let's stop. Why do you hate February? Tell us. Because it's so up? short. <laughs> Why? It's we, two days shorter. It's two days. That, it's, it fucks me up that it's so short. Well, it's three days. It's three days shorter than the months around it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I'm being, you know, except on leap years. They're, they're stealing. Yeah, yeah, they're stealing. Uh, all right. Anyways, couldn't we like just have made? No, the, it wouldn't go. No, no because they already work. cut down on months because it didn't work out anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> isn't, true. Isn't the month-based law that like, which one came first, Augustus or Julius Caesar? It was Augustus, wasn't Augustus. it? Augustus. Wait. I don't know. I, I don't remember my Roman history. That's why I'm asking. I don't know. Well, whichever one... Augustus is the... first. Yeah. Okay. No, whichever Julius one came, came first. first. Was it? Oh, okay, never mind. Whichever one came first, the law is that like they took one month from February and added it to the month named after them. And then the other one did the same thing afterwards. They took a month from February? A day, a day sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's... Oh. Yeah, because it used to be, well, it used to be 31 days. 93 days, 31 days. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Like, we can't be dealing like... with that. I I hate months. We need a new system. Yeah, yeah. Let's just have a 100-day yes. year. <laughs> yes, they added a day. Like, yeah, rolling season. August. Yeah, yeah. The seasons That's... don't have to align up to the months. Let's just have rolling seasons. So, like, sometimes January will be winter and sometimes it'll be summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay. Exciting. Um. Anyway, yeah, as you can see, we're really not that interested in Little Ladies Day. <laughs> yeah, I like the dance. It looks like it might be cool. I mean, you can't see it in motion, but I'm assuming it's kind of no. like a exotic orientalist type thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, how quick it is. Some of the weirder dances in this game are the ones that are really slow. And they kind of Sorry, go ahead, Gergi. Is it truly orientalist if it's made by? Uh, people in Asia. <laughs> I I realized when I said it, I thought this was more like a like Middle Eastern type dance type, of, and I saw the fan right? and I was like, oh, this is like a Japanese fan dance. So mm. my bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wrong. I uh, apologize. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting with Little, little Lady Stay is that it doesn't have. We never really know what we're getting 
because they've kind of lost their way after the Songbirds uh, yeah. mm. arc ended. Uh, I'm hoping that one day they'll find something to hook on to, but nowadays it's just like, yeah. we well, dance. Is, um, is this woman from the Thorn Dynasty? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Know. Yes. She's the new cat, and you could, she has they're the fan spin, in the picture. Yes, they're trying to spin something out of that, I guess. And interestingly, there's someone behind her with a fan as well. Oh, you're Ooh. talking about the artwork. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yes. it her mm. from the Shadow Realm? Mm, gasp. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll we'll see on March. I like 1st. the Thorn Dynasty, but I, I just just bring back that super weird dark year. That was so good. <laughs> that was that was pretty interesting. So strange, but like such impact it had. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's well, the, that mysteri- yeah. the mysterious thing about that quest is that it was actually in the final year of the Songbird questline as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and now we're just left with this woman who's like frail and can't go outside, but keeps running away or something. Like, were they? I mean, yeah, she's not going that far. She gets well, to do it no, once she... a year, mate. Like the rest <laughs> yeah. of the year, she's locked away, <laughs> recovering. I wonder if they worried it was too dark, and that's why they're not going to do oh. Even though no, it was perfect. You're, you're muted, Rollo. Sorry, I I hit the mute button. Um, they've gone darker in this game already, tons of times. They have. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But remember that, that horrific yeah. Tesslin scene is yeah. still like impactful. <laughs> they yeah. might perhaps worry because the the uh, seasonal event quests are available from level fifteen. So That's maybe true. it's they a bit much to make to... the sprouts cry or something. Yeah, they gotta learn. Yeah. Bring back the jump scares from Shadowbringers. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe there is something dark today. I mean, you yeah. can interpret this art as having something dark with the person. I mean, she doesn't look time. happy. Mm. <clears throat> right. It's definitely like a fear in her eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have to have the events in level fifteen zones because. Because um, uh, the Moonfire Fair is level thirty quest because of the fact that it sets it takes place in Costa del Sol. Right, that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be all for them pushing the boundaries of seasonal events. I know it's not as inclusive, but come on. Yeah, I I also At level fifty or something just so we can explore more of the world, and do more interesting things outside of the three original city states. Yeah, check it yeah. in, uh, in Ishgard or something. Mela, I'm gonna I'm gonna spitball something to you right now, and you tell me if you hate it or love it. Mm. All right, we're, they're gonna expand on seasonal events, right? Like they're gonna make it like more impactful, more uh, uh, fancy, mm-hmm. but they're tying it to the battle pass, the series momstone stuff. So you have series momstones themed like seasons. So like for the for like two okay. weeks, it's like a mini battle pass for that season. Maybe longer than two weeks, but like, but tied to like Little Ladies' Day or Easter or whatever. Yeah, like why not to the Little Little Ladies' Day Lover Pass or whatever. Well, why that, not? As long mind. as it's like, <laughs> as long as it's, let's say it's like three or four weeks, but it's beatable in one week. Why not? <laughs> Sorry, I just I was looking at the frame of like Rollo and well, obviously you can't see Mayla, but Rollo and Mayla talking about how this is an interesting idea, <laughs> and then Keel and I are looking on in disgust. <laughs> I'm not even saying I'm 100 percent behind. I'm just, I'm, it's a, I'm spit. It's a nice way of uh, making them more interesting to, like, instead of doing the repeatable fate, you could do any type of content and get like a, you know, like a tiny five. I don't tier do any pack. kind of content. We're what already, do you do all we, day, all, we already One... complain when we have to do too much to get the <laughs> seasonal items. What the fuck? This yeah. is gonna make it even worse. I can... 
I can do any other kind of content whenever I want. I don't need it tied to seasonal events. Listen, but I knew pushing the do, boundaries. You have to do shit you don't want to do for the seasonal events, so you should do things that you already do. Yeah. Yeah. That's not always the case though. Sometimes the seasonal events have me things do thing do things that I want to do. And then Rollo, next year when these have to go into the mog station, you actually have to buy a ticket <laughs> to pass. do the battle pass, but you get two weeks to do it when you buy it. So if you don't do it in that time, no, 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 Dalum, wind up Dalamut. That I agree with. Bring back wind up Dalamut. I agree with that too. Um, okay. Well, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, what? <laughs> just what? thank you, everyone, in general, for being here. Uh, we're moving on. It's time for Mogmail. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't ready for that announcement, but here we go. Here we go. Mogmail. It's time for Mogmail. It's time for Mogmail. This is from Tristan Lightwell from Brynhildr. Hi, speakers. I was watching a previous episode tonight and scrolled through the comments. One commenter simply added the word Kupo to their comment, and I noticed that YouTube had put an option to translate to English under it. <laughs> Curious, I clicked it, and it translated to the word clothes. I'm not sure why, but this made me chuckle quite a bit. I ended up envisioning the Moogles as these tiny, psychotic balls of fur that constantly fly around screaming about clothing, whether that's uh, what you want to talk ab uh, about or not, and occasionally summoning kings to hit you with their new fashion ideas. I thought you might enjoy the imagery as well. It's an interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's interesting. Now to the question. Ever since Yashtola lost her sight, the Scions have not been required to use those weird etheric goggle things they mm -hmm. used all the time True. in A Realm Reborn to see the flow of ether. Yestola can see it uh, all for them. It made me wonder, do you think they did this just so they wouldn't have to try and animate the Scions putting those goggles on anymore? It's a big change for a small result, but the thought uh, occurred to me, it somehow made sense from, from a 14 development standpoint. What do you think? Um, you know, maybe a little bit. Like, it's, it's convenient because they don't have to do that. I, I I would assume that the animation of putting the goggles on was like made once and then for mm -hmm. each character yeah. and then they can just reuse it. But I also think that like it might be a design aesthetic that they just didn't want to keep uniform between all the scions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It looked really bad in Ryanjer. I hated with that like oh. hated how he looked with it. Yeah. I'm so glad they himbified him. Very like, bimboed him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I uh, quite liked them though, in a way, because it was kind of like a scientific instrument in a fantasy world that they'd created to see the mystical ether. Yeah. And now it's kind of just, even though only Yushtola can Thanquid see ether? No. No. No? Just Yushtola can see it. Mm -hmm. And yet everyone just partakes in that experience. Mm -hmm. Like even like if, if Kryle's on her own, she would need the goggles really, but it just seems like they don't bother with that. Right. It's like, hey, you should have to come and quickly look at this suit. Doesn't she have some on her costume? Yeah. Kyle's Does... outfit still has oh. the goggles. Well, all right. Yeah. Bad, bad choice of character, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. I mean, I, I could believe it if they came out one day. It's like, yeah, we blinded her. We just didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that's the reason. Like, I could easily see that happening. Yeah. Um, mm. 
I mean, but they, I guess they did have that fancy backpack thing in the Alliance, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But they required Graha to use it. Mm. I wonder what it would be like for your shoulder if she went to the Phantom Realm. Like, would she be just constantly blinded with ether? <laughs> oh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. Like night vision goggles during the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so why can't Sancred? Because he was he went into the live stream and was uh, blinded, wasn't he? But he got. And then he just got his sight back. He got it back. Well, he was never. He, he didn't go on the live no, stream. He... No, he just got. He they used the spell to move him, and then it was just. Well, yeah, he, he never did, went he, blind. He never went blind, but he did temp. He did lose his ability to manipulate ether. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Because yeah. he, he only went he quickly, from didn't going he? through the live stream. But that was from stream. when he was possessed. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because he was. Th Thank you. No, that wasn't. Rough. He, no, he lost his no, he... he lost his ability to manipulate ether when he went into the live stream and was thrown out of it again. Yes. Unlike Ustola, who was locked in there. Until, was it? I, was um... from... I always thought it because he was possessed by the essence. Remember he? No, he was thrown out and then he there's wandered like... around naked and yeah. Yeah, there there's still... like five whole uh... patches yeah. where he still has ether, Rollo. Yeah, he and has the the, the it's squirrel been so covering long. his his balls. <laughs> yeah. I replay a Rom reborn, not Heavensward. Okay. <laughs> No, yeah. Rollo, these five patches are part of a Realm Reborn. Mm. I don't do the patches, actually. I just do the He only does. <laughs> what does the fuck? So you Realm play Reborn. the worst listen, part of a Realm Reborn. No, it's <laughs> Listen, ever since New Game Plus came out, like, every once in a while, I just put on a nice little outfit for my character, and I pretend they're doing it all over again. Mm -hmm. It's just <laughs> it's just nice. Okay. Uh, well, anyways, uh, they, yeah, they, uh, I think it's... You can't teleport. I think they find it convenient now that she can just see see the ether, so they don't have to do the whole like, oh, is anyone yeah. does anyone did anyone bring their goggles? Um, mm. I mean, as long as we have either Yishtola or Kryl around, we'll always have someone that can see it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Most scenarios will have one of the two. Yeah, I think if you, if our characters really tried to, they could see ether if they wanted. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a cop out, but it's whatever. Yeah, I'm uh, done with the animation. <laughs> you're done with the animation okay well you know yeah you know in this game when you're talking to an npc especially for like a daily quest and you're clicking through but they have to finish their animation and yeah just think, oh, just <laughs> yeah. so it's like i don't need the cutscenes elongated every time they put them on and off that's true i agree it's fine yeah uh the next ones we are gonna have to read because um I spent all uh, time, yeah, all night uh, trying to uh, re-upload the VOD from yesterday, uh, but oh, yeah. uh, processing fails every time. So Twitch, fix your uh, video upload uh, tool. Mm -hmm. um, so um, right, let's jump into this one. It's Romana Kawanami from Midi. Uh, hello, oh, it's sad that I don't have this one. Uh, hello, uh, speakersxiv.com/slash/megmoil website administrators. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd like to submit a complaint regarding your crude oil operations. My, lo my local oil baron claims to have no records of your legal documentation in any region where oil is stored. Hopefully we can get this resolved in a timely manner with as few... I have just been informed that this is actually just a nerdy podcast. Please disregard, disregard this correspondence. On a serious note, I have one question. Do goblins on the source... Uh, look like the hobgoblins on the first underneath the masks, do you think? Love you guys, Mana. Pro <laughs> pronounced Mana. Uh, I. Mana. Man. Yeah, I oh, yeah. Mana. Man. Sorry. Mana. Man. Uh. Um, I 
sincerely hope not. I would like to think that it's a case of divergent evolution, similar to how like um, the Amalgar don't look the same across the first and the source. Mm-hmm. I refuse yeah. to believe that. Like dinosaurs. I refuse to believe that our goblins look like that underneath the mask. It's weird how all the um, no longer just the tribes, the non, you know, the beast tribe originals look really different, but the humanoid races, they obviously are going to make new models, so they just have to look identical. It's funny. I mean, I know why, but I don't know. I don't imagine the goblins look quite like that. I think they're a little bit cuter, but I, I do think they have big noses. Well, they they oh, do uh, have... Yeah. I mean, in 11, in the artwork for mm. 11, they do actually have one, and they are the same as we have um, in 14, mm-hmm. which is what they're based on. So unmasked. Technically canon. Yes. They have actually made them unmasked. That's Aww. This is what they look like with a mask, and this is what they look like without a mask. They look so mm. cute, actually. Like, I want they, look, they look much better than hobgoblins. I'd like to unmask a goblin. They look like little Don't pitbulls. Don't do that. <laughs> Very invasive. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um... They they do that's what they look like. They look very different from the first well, goblin hobgoblin. Assumedly, that's what they look like. That's the greatest evidence we have. I mean, it they are the same as in eleven. So yeah, I think that is pretty much. At we're probably never going think... like in eleven. We're never going to see them unmasked. But well, true. yes. What age do you think a goblin gets his or her first mask? Do you think they have to get like um... training masks as they grow up, or do you think <laughs> they just wear one as a, an adult? Um, or do you think maybe in the goblin homeland, wherever they come from, they don't need masks because the, the, you know, the air quality is how they want it? Mm, I don't know. Mm. Oh, also, sorry, they also have the color of them here. Oh, but, they're green. But that doesn't make any sense because even oh, in my God, 11, so cool. their ears... Wait. <laughs> Yoshi yeah. theme mode. Yeah, their ears... Like has the are their ears green? Yeah, they're greenish, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they are green. They're kind of green. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it does, it does line up. Okay, never mind. So there you go. That's uh, that's interesting. I, I think they have share a body and slightly a name. Yeah. In terms of, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I guess you could just call them different species. Yeah, yeah. All the kid goblins we have in game though are in the lands where they need a mask. I want yes, to know about goblins true. in their home. Where I want to know where well, they we come have no from. Idea. Yeah, we have no idea where they came from. No, they might not even have a home then anymore. They might just be perpetual like um, oh, they're just no wanderers. Mass. It's because they're from yeah. Vanadil. <laughs> oh. Um. Okay. Well. Uh. Thank you. Maybe they're aliens like the dragons. Mm, yeah, because mm, they came from so. the planet of Vanadil. Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, moving on, mm-hmm. we'll we'll do one more. Uh, this is from Mana Kawanami from. Nope, that's the no, same one. That, but <laughs> the last one was. Oh, shout out, uh, Tiblix. Uh, sorry, Tibix. no, Tibix Sinclair. Sorry, uh, I've got a boomerize from uh, Kujata. Where are? Where's that? Where? Which should Japan probably that's Japan. Okay. sounds Japanese. Kujata. I don't recognize it as an American one. Mm, well, I no. Okay, sure. That is. Um... Oh, it's on Elemental. See, <laughs> it, it, we don't know enough. That's Elemental. One of the new servers added. Yeah. From... Oh no. Ah. Uh... From, from Reborn. From Reborn, I should say. Oh. Yeah. So, 
what what data center are we in? Japan. Japan. Jasper is Japan. So we are Nippon. in Japan. Okay. Hi, speakers. I've got a question that probably hasn't been relevant in many years, but is still one I've been thinking about for a while. Did Yasale temper her followers? She had a large group of very fanatical supporters who were all willing to die for her and her cause, which is very thrall-like behavior. We know from Thordon and his Knights 12 that tempering can be slow and subtle, making changes to one's personality and beliefs, and potentially not even be an intentional process. We also know that Ysail has taught uh, how to summon from an uh, Asian, probably Travanche, but we'll never know for sure. And we learned in Endwalker that tampering was an intentional side effect added to summoning by the Asians as a way to sow more chaos. I haven't been able to find any mention of this in-game, nor any discussion relating to it online. I'm interested to hear your thoughts, and if this changes your view on your sale at all. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think she... I don't think she intentionally wrote. did it. Not intentionally. If she ever did it, it would have been an unintentional, like, instance similar to Ramu. She harbors mm. a primal within her, like Shiva, so she has the power to do so. Mm. It's an interesting, like, retrospect look at that, actually, because they were pre very fanatic in, like, their defense mm. of, of Lady Iceheart. Um, but they were all, like, the... The heretics, weren't they, who who took yeah. off the dragon's blood? That's true. They were like, already yeah. kind of yeah. Yeah. So they just I I don't think they were tempered because the the summoning like becoming the primal kind of thing is still really different kind of summoning. I mm -hmm. would say, <laughs> um, because she doesn't she isn't tempered essentially. Like you say, well, well she like, can't. She well, she tempered. can't be tempered because she has the oh, yeah. echo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she does. She's she has Shiva like within her. Like the the power of a primal is in her. So... And she has well, the thing is she has full control over it too, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is different from like. Who's the only person? Oh, I guess Reen does. No, I th that's more of like a simulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think everyone that's ever taken a primal inside themselves or has become a primal has had full control. Thornton did, and I'm pretty sure Yotsu did as well. Mm -hmm. Didn't, but Thornton. Thornton seems insane. Like, Thornton tempered. Well, that's because Thornton's crazy. I don't think that's. It means that he didn't have control. Is he crazy because he's tempered, though, or because... He wasn't well, by himself. I don't think he tempered himself. But he tempered his knights. Mm. He purposely tempered his knights, yes. Yeah. Mm. So there is... If you have the... Can, if you so have you the... can do it when you Primals have the power. Primals choose to temper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can't really... I don't really... think it's just proximity, well, is it? But it's no, kind it, of a bit it can, proximity. It, no, it because can. it can be accidental, Mela. Yeah. Because remember, that as Ramu does it. Yeah. Ramu doesn't want to temper Silps, but he does it accidentally. Yeah. He's such a I think I, I feel like if that was the case when we were adventuring with her, she would have like accidentally tempered someone if that was the case, right? We spent a long time with her with around a lot of people that yeah. could No, but I think it could only happen when she's transformed. Yeah. When she is Shiva. Potentially. I don't so. think it applies maybe, when she's as Izel. Maybe Maybe that the fact that she does have the echo is 
what maybe kind of stops the the fucked that's, up part of the song. But yeah, like mm. I don't where... disagree with that theory. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um... Like it cancels out the tempering part of the summon that she they were taught by the Asian, whatever Asian taught her. I forgot. Yeah, we don't know. Um, but yeah, okay. Um, also, they did mention that tempering can be slow and subtle, which is what happened mm -hmm. to the Knights Twelve. But um, Knights, yeah, Knights Twelve. They act, that's what they call well, it in game, right? Knights Twelve, the Heaven's Word. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it? Well, I don't. The Knights Twelve one was slow and subtle. I think he did it like he did like either that or he did like one intentional final push one time because it talks about in that that Q and A that he that Yoshi P explained it in. He said that like he got them together one one time and like fully tempered them at least. Mm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Thornton when he tempered his knights was he on? Wasn't he? He was just the Archbishop. He well, didn't... we don't know because we ne we weren't we never saw it. How often did he transform? Yeah, only know of one. I thought that really. was just yeah when he got the thing, the Nidhogs. He what? only transformed when he had gone through his whole plan, didn't he? He had yeah. to go to Azizla with the key and go and. That's the first time he transformed, and the heavens, the, the knights twelve were already tempered at that point. I think they must have been. For seeing that he can already during the whole of um uh the vault, the knights twelve are transforming into the primal versions yeah. of themselves. So before the, yeah, so he probably has transformed before then. I doubt that they would have transformed before he ever did. No. So I suppose mm. the question is if if he had to or didn't have to, because it was off camera, I guess we'll never know. If he can yes. if he can temper in his normal old man form. That has more, you know, different implications than if he went into the night form and then I'm back. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, well uh, there you go. That's probably go. why it's not been relevant years, but you've still been thinking about it once in a while because it's not been fully answered. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I got it. Yeah, go on, Rollo. Nightwings, that's the funniest way I've ever seen horse chiffon spelled. Horse chiffon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> very, very good. Um... Uh, oh. Okay, well, I think that's all uh, for now. Uh, let's uh, let's get into the the main story because it's uh, quite a hefty interview with uh, our 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 boy Michael Michael Mus Michael Mus Christopher no. Koji, <laughs> uh, also known as Koji Fox. Um, yeah, resident Nepo baby. He, uh, was he a Nepo, Nepo baby? baby? He was not. I don't I, think he I was... just, No, I just said don't, that. Don't, this is the man you definitely should not try to call a Nepo I'm baby. I'm joking. He's this not man worked baby. hard to get yeah. where he is. We already know how hard he worked. Last yeah, week. yeah. Um, okay, so this is a continuation of uh, the interview we started on last week. Uh, so keep that in mind. We're going to just yeah. kind of jump in from where we started. So if you've not watched it, just tune out now. So essentially, then... Koji Fox has just like started. He, he started playing Eleven. He got in. He got, he got a, a job, job working on it. Job he loved Eleven. Yeah, he, he's just had a combination of luck and skill and talent. And like, he's a very, he's a, what a man. He's right? a hard worker. Yeah, he but is. But he's also very fortunate. What a man, what a man, what a man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, me. I am too lazy to do all that. Oh shit. yeah, I yeah. agree, Rollo. Yeah, I would have given up on like half the shit he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Okay, so uh, now we have reached the point where he is um, the translator in for Final Fantasy XI. Uh, Koji, you joined Square, uh, Square in April 2003. That would have been right when the North, um, North American version was being developed, before its release in October of the same year. Koji says, they called me about two weeks after my interview, and I was immediately assigned to the Eleven th- uh, team, not theme. Uh, but I ac- uh, actually spent my first week or so in the company uh, translating support desk inquiries. I remember being a little disappointed since I was really <laughs> looking forward to translating the game itself. <laughs> Uh-huh. How there was, you go. There's uh, some bad luck for him. Finally. How was development on the North American version, uh, Windows version, uh, coming along at the time? Koji says, I think the release date for North America, the North American version had already been announced by the time I joined. The Japanese version of Rise of the Silart had just been released, so the North American version was being translated while that was being developed. The plan was to launch the base game and Rise of the Silart together in the North American release, so all of that had to be translated. By then, they were about halfway done translating the base game. Sounds like there was still a massive amount of translation work to be done. Koji says, Not long after, I started translating for the support desk. The localization team began assigning in-game translations, and I was suddenly put in charge of Windurst. Windurst? That's one of the towns in Eleven. Is that one of the ones we've been... Where did we start? Uh, Sandoria. Ah, oh, Okay. Uh, I don't know if we've been to forever. Yeah, it was a, it was challenging for me since it was a tremendous amount of text, and I was still new to translating. Yeah, it's the it's the Tarutaru town. The Tarutaru town. Okay. We I was trying to get us there at some point, but I gave up. The hardest part was creative writing, which I'd never done before. Even when I thought I did well on a translation, my fellow translators would look at my work and say. You got the meaning of the sentence right, but is it fun to read? <laughs> Try reading it again. <laughs> that's fair, though. Yeah. Because he's, he's gone in probably just direct translating, thinking that's what they want. But yeah. Yeah. You have to think about it as a player as well. Yeah. These, there are people that would be, that would probably agree with Koji's original interpretation. There are some people that are very much. There are two trains of thought when it comes to translation. There's transliteration, which is like making it as accurate as possible, or there mm. is attempting to translate it so that it maintains the like feel of the sentence while not necessarily being fully accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you definitely have to go for the feel. I would say. I agree. Yeah, that's because... the whole point of localization is to like. Because if you read something and it's like, oh, this is feels weird, foreign, like strange, no one would say that, you know, that yeah. that can put me yeah, off. Yeah, but you don't yeah. want like your your new like Tokyo set Japanese game to have all these like Zuma TikTok memes. <laughs> I mean, the, actually, ha, do you know about this? Is a funny translation thing. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, in a Persona Four Arena, there's a a new robot uh, added who's a um, it, she's a robot, like another character, and the accent they give her is in English is like a Jersey accent, <laughs> which is funny because the accent she's that she has in game in Japanese is um, oh god, no, no, it's um, Labrus is her name by the way. Yeah, uh, it's like a country bumpkin kind. Unsai of... Ben. No, it, it's another one. I, 
but okay. here's a tough jump. One. Give me one second. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I was thinking about when thinking about like Osaka. Weird... Osaka. Bye. There you go. Okay. Um yeah. Pretty uh... sure that's Kansai then. It's... oh, sorry, I don't know. I thought I was thinking about Osaka. Okay. Um yeah, the um another translation that I often bring up is uh because I have live in a country where they have to do that a lot with everything. And they mm. used to do that with movie titles. And one of my favorites mm. is when they clearly didn't really know what to call uh, the James Bond movie, You Only Live Twice. So they were like, mm. okay, well, that doesn't translate well in Norwegian. That's going to look weird and too long in Norwegian. So they were like, okay, well, we'll just call it James Bond in Japan. <laughs> so that's James the Bond's title. big day out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so there you go. James Bond in Japan. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, anyways, um, that must have been quite the conundrum to run into early on. Um, Koji's. Koji, what is the direct translation of "You Only Live Twice"? Uh, see, it's hard to. I even I struggle because. <laughs> that saying is not does not parse in Norwegian, uh, so I'm not going to say it. I'm not going right. to say it. It is permissible well, for you to live multiple times. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's, like it's a play on an expression in English that yeah. it's not even a real English expression. The expression right. is "you only live once." Yes, yeah. and even that is like not really a saying in Norwegian. Like we we would wouldn't say that. Um, okay. Um, Koji says, a lot of the time I'd go over it again and be like, they're right, this isn't uh, interesting to read. Before working on Final Fantasy XI, I was pretty confident in my English and Japanese and figured I'd master translations in no time, but I was very wrong. Very wrong. Um, no, wary. Where, did I say it? Wary, wary, <laughs> wary, wrong. Wary wrong. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I was thinking in Norwegian for a second there. Fuck me You've up. confused him, chat. Stop. You've got him thinking of between English and Norwegian. That's why I can't yeah, say just that. Be quiet. Um, I, see. I wonder when he started to get, gain his appreciation for puns. Right? I think the more power he was given, the more he's pushed the boundaries <laughs> and just become like more and more funny. Yeah. Because uh, as a junior, you wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah. dare. No. Well, now he's head of localization. Exactly. Uh, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Creative, sure. creative business unit three. Mm -hmm. I'm to read all those puns now. Yeah. I see. So just getting the meaning across wasn't enough. Koji says, for the most part, non-Japanese players will never see the original story that was written in Japanese. In other words, whether or not the Japanese version of the story is interesting is irrelevant to them. Their evaluation will be based on the translated version, so there's no point in having a translation if it isn't entertaining. Most importantly, the scenes that left an impression in the Japanese version have to be translated to impress the players who are playing the English version instead. Okay. So you're saying that the uh, translation needs to provide the same enjoyability as the original game, Koji says. Ideally. That's right. Mm, that's not what I'm saying, actually. <laughs> when, when I was first hired, my translations were very faithful to the original. So if someone were to translate my English back into Japanese, they would end up with the original Japanese text. But when a translation has phrases that aren't used in English, the players won't understand what you're trying to convey. Translators need to consider the intentions behind the words, or the emotions won't be conveyed to the players at all. So even, mm -hmm. so even if your translations were passable in exams, they were still lacking for a translation job. Koji says, Gosh. that's right. 
My senior colleagues pointed out that while accuracy was important, that doesn't mean we should translate word for word. The meanings and emotions that the text is meant to convey are more important than the words themselves. Once I understood that, I learned to translate while considering how to convey the intentions behind words. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a whole other skill, isn't it, really? Yeah. 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 That's interesting, because what I've always heard about, particularly the French and the German translations of 14, is those are often considered much more literal translations compared to the English one, which is more, um, uh, what's the word? Like, it translates the meaning while not necessarily being completely accurate to the Japanese. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I but that's just the French and German. Okay. No, what? the English one's based, I believe the French and the German ones are based on the Japanese one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they lack a sense of humor, so it's fine for them. Whereas we <laughs> crave, you know, we crave the puns. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Koji says there's a, uh, sorry, that means that sometimes you might even change words and phrases around. Koji says, there's a pretty big difference when you compare the Japanese and English text in 11. And I imagine I'd get marked down if I translated the same way on a language test. On the other hand, I'd like to believe that our translations manage to preserve the message behind the stories and that they're just as dramatic and emotional as the original Japanese. When I was translating for 11, I tried to convey emotions and the true message as naturally as possible even if I ended up ignoring the grammar or sentence structure of the original text to some extent. I've managed that outlook on translation since then. Maintained. Sorry, maintained that outlook on translation since then, even after moving on to other projects. So I guess we could say that your career as a translator began with Eleven. Koji says, Eleven was a wonderful learning experience for me as a translator. Thanks to the other translators I worked with in the 11 localization team at the time who read and revised my work, I was able to learn about the ins and outs of translation and what I should or shouldn't do. I was able to get to where I am today thanks to Final Fantasy 11. Oh. Yeah. Did you have... Yeah, go on. I was going to say another just quick translation thing, just because I think translating from Japanese is always like a really unique experience. Mm -hmm. Um... What's that like popular story about like saying I love you? Like the, translated, it would be like I love you into English, but the original mm-hmm. Japanese would be like the mute is beautiful, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. like that. Yeah, yeah. we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, some eighteen, some old Japanese writing. Anyway, I, I just think that's interesting. It's it's a hard language to work with. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting and, even even from my language because we. Y- y- Love is has two meanings, sort of in English. You can it's like mm-hmm. romantic love and like the other, you know, friendly love. You know, yeah. Love, yeah. In Norway, in Norwegian, we those are two separate words, and yeah. so sometimes you have to like, when you read English, you have to be like, okay, so it's that kind of love. Which mm-hmm. love? It's interesting. Yes, that mm-hmm. uh, it is interesting. From, I mean, it's yeah. like how there were four original loves in was it Greek or Roman? Oh yeah, Greek. Greek or Latin, Eros, yeah, 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 Storge and mm-hmm. the other yeah, yeah. I think what's quite interesting in the translations as well is there will be, like, within your hive mind culture, there will be certain things that will, you know, give an emotional response. So even if you learned French, German, Japanese because you've not grown up with those cultures, 
even the scenes that are meant to hit hard for a certain reason might not have the impact on you. So you have to translate not just language-wise, but for the you know the life lived of the people who are playing the game. Mm-hmm. That must be difficult. Yeah, yeah. God. Imagine doing live translations. I could not. Oh, if no. someone asked no. me to do live translations of someone speaking Spanish, I did. Um, oh, they said give them burger. <laughs> like, well, like, live translations are often more on the literal sense because you don't have time to add that nuance that you would in a in a translated story. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, for anyone that speaks like another language, like it's when someone asks you, "Hey, can you like what does this mean?" Real quick, it's not just a quick like. Like if it's yeah, a, yeah, like yeah. a one word sentence, maybe like it's easy, <laughs> but yeah, once you start getting into more nuance, you can't just like it takes time to think. When we were watching, we were watching um, a show called Stjernekamp uh, <laughs> before uh, stream uh, last year, and during they have you know those video things in between. The uh, sync is what they're called in Norwegian. I don't know what they're called. In, you know, when they interview the contestant before they go on stage, mm-hmm. I would try to live translate, and then it will be fine until they reach one of those words that has like multiple meanings, and then I, I just freeze. I'd be like, uh, mm, uh, <laughs> "What's this mean culturally again?" Yeah, yeah it's like, oh, well, this is gonna sound weird. Uh, actually, if you watch the MGP coverage, that I did that there as well, but. Much less because I'd learned from Stanley Camp. I knew uh, I can't do live translations like that. It's very hard. Um, okay. Anyways, let's move on to the next question they asked. I'm saying that to buy time because I've scrolled accidentally. Did you have a mentor figure who taught you the ropes? Koji says that'd be Richard uh, or or Dick. What a nickname! No way. Why is it like that? Dick Honey. Yeah. You're, no, you're right. No, Dick is right. Dick Honey was. Right. Yeah. Dick Honey was. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> he was an experienced. Oh my God, you're right. Oh God. He was an experienced Dick veteran Honeywood. who built our localization department from the ground up. He taught me to not just faithfully translate the words, but also faithfully convey the message and feelings behind the text. Richard Mark Honeywood, also known as Dick Honeywood, original localization <laughs> director for Final Fantasy XI. They uh, wrote that too. They wrote Dick in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real. It's, it says Dick, and then it says uh, parentheses cock penis. <laughs> uh, Shout out to you, yeah. Dick Honeywood. <laughs> Nowadays, machine translations using deep learning AI have come a long way, but they still they might still have a lot to improve about those aspects of translation. <sighs> what? Well, that's a cycle. What? Okay, that was yeah. a real topic shift, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, that's the, yeah, that's the interviewer saying that, which is weird. Uh, interviewers in Japanese are very They're wild. They're like, who was your mentor? Yeah. AI is gonna take. You're your gonna job, lose your job it? soon, right? Coach <laughs> uh, says machine translations are good enough to get the meaning across, but the true essence of our work is to capture the feeling. Even if there wasn't a localization for Eleven, I'm sure people could still play using machine translations. But I'm sure certain sections wouldn't translate very well, and most importantly, I don't think players could feel connected to the story. When someone is moved by what they read, that's because they associate those words with their personal memories or environment. Being able to... Yes. Yeah, go on. Oh, I was going to say, have you guys ever read, like, machine-translated work? Like, because you're so desperate... No. Like Google Translate. Not if it, not, I've been yeah, translated, or whatever. But yeah. like, 
I've never like gone and read like an entire book that's been translated or something like that. No, like, I've only ever read passages. Yeah, I I've read bad translations, which are worse than machine translations. <laughs> I know everyone loves it, but the Du Wang translation uh-huh. of JoJo Part Four misery to read. <laughs> <laughs> it is a horrible translation. Uh huh. Well, yeah, I don't think I've done that very often, um, but. With AI coming as far as it has right now, I'm sure it'll be easier now to read translated stuff without mm-hmm. it being as b- bad as it used to be. Because I used to, the few times that I have had to like read something, I just run mm-hmm. it through Google Translate. And yeah. old Google Translate was um, a journey. Yeah, uh, it was. I mean, Google Translate is effective enough that it's able to real-time translate the subtitles when we're watching. Yeah, that's true. Um Norwegian shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google is so good. It's able to translate images that you have in your camera and even keep like the font almost and the style. Yeah. Google Translate is pretty wild, but it it's, is. It is. It's never gonna. Yeah. Well, they're they even... are now unveiling their AI. Isn't it called Bard? I think. Uh, is the... Bart Simpson. Then that's gonna take. <laughs> that's gonna integrate into the search engine now, which is pretty crazy. It's gonna be good. Yeah. So Don't that's gonna improve wrong. things and drastically. Own, you know, we could go far with AI, but it only takes one mistake in the translation to pull you out of it. Yeah, that's true. And that's where the human touch is essential. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we might not need a whole team of localization people, but Koji Fox mm. is safe. Yeah. Uh, being let's see, um, being able to choose the words that evoke those feelings and giving them weight comes down to having the intuition. Perhaps AI will be able to translate those nuances one day, but I think it's still a long way off. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. With how mm-hmm. our world is constantly evolving, we'll never know what the future has in store. Says the interviewer. Koji says, mm. at the very least, I hope it won't happen until after <laughs> I retire. I'd be in trouble if AI made my job obsolete like five years before I hit retirement age. Laughs. That is true. I yeah. think the AI thing is so sad in that, like, I think it's great that it can be so powerful and it could be a super great tool, but it's just going to be used to, like, ruin jobs instead <laughs> and it get, make really shitty products. Well, the trouble yeah. is, Rollo, not to get too We're gonna, let's not get too into the politics here. or whatever, but yeah. the whole point of building towards this future is so people don't have to work. But yeah. that's not going to happen. But the problem is no. that's not yeah. how society's been built. Yeah, well, automation also, is great, but not in this system, man. <laughs> no. The also the idea was that we originally thought it would be used to replace the jobs that people didn't want to do, mm-hmm. like manual labor and other things like that. But now we've seen that it can do things like stealing, that it can create, it can make creative products as well, which yes. is kind of what we wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Someone submit us an AI submitted question or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Put a prompt into the chat GPT or something. I'm going to show you something because I, in the post show, Mm. I have an AI tool that is, that's going to help me make, not make videos, but help me with my voiceover for videos. It has, it has cloned my voice. Oh, that's So that when it read, when I go through the script and I say something wrong, I can just go into the script enter the change and it'll make it like i will say something else instead 
It's crazy. <laughs> and it literally it. sounds like me. I was sure it took like two days for it to make it. I had to read I like read like for <laughs> like an hour and then I sent it in. And then you have to like consent to send your voice. It was scary. That's weird. And then mm. it came back and I just wrote something. And I'm like, oh my god. And it's read in that like fall and rise voice. It's fucked up. That, dude. So now if someone got hold of that, they could make you say awful things. It can yeah. it it is encrypted. You cannot uh activate that voice without my my voice saying like the concept to you. That's funny, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now we just need a voice recording of you saying I consent. Yes. And then yeah. we can always consent. If you can get that recording, yeah. Um if you say what? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Uh, anyways, uh, so stay tuned for the poster for that as well. Also, I forgot to mention that in the poster, we'll also look at the clip compilation for January. Yes! Uh, okay. Um, choosing words that match the feeling and situation. I'd like to ask about the obstacles you ran into during localization, such as translating Japanese expressions that didn't have an English equivalent. For example, I've heard the Japanese phrase... Someone read this. Thank you for your hard work. Can be difficult to express in English. Koji says, in that kind of situation, I'd set that word aside for later. As I mentioned earlier, the main point is the feeling that we're trying to convey. So I would look at the context of where it, where it was said. Was it an informal greeting before leaving the office or a sincere appreciation for someone's hard work? I would then choose the English words that would best convey that feeling, or in some instances, if the surrounding sentences are enough to convey a sense of good work, then I might even omit the word in my translation altogether. On the other hand, the auto-translate feature in Final Fantasy XI has standalone phrases. Was it difficult to translate those? Oh, sorry, that was the interviewer asking oh. that. Koji says, it certainly was. For example, I always said that the word with with regards, shouldn't be added to auto-translate, since it has many nuances in Japanese. Since I played in Final Fantasy XI, I knew Japanese players used it to mean different things based on the situation, like, nice to meet you, or could you take care of that, thanks. Because of that, adding Yoroshiku under one English translate translation would only lead to miscommunication, so I asked the development team to come up with alternatives instead. That's fair. Difficult, though, because the whole point of having the key phrase list, you just pick what you want to say. If the Japanese had one extra phrase and you played with one of them who used it, how would it translate? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just says, in parentheses, untranslatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great run, untranslatable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. What if we're chewing the fat is uh. an untranslatable phrase they just changed? Yeah, oh. maybe. Uh, but even after I explained <laughs> to them, phrase. whenever there was a new expansion and it was time... Actually, we are chewing the fat. What is that in the other languages? Like in yeah, German? Right. Great and, question. And we are consuming the grease. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. are shooting the shits in. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, but even after I explained it to them... Wait. Yes, that's correct. Okay, but even after I explained it to them, whenever there was a new expansion and it was time to add new phrases to auto-translate, was always in the list without fail. Like, come on, I already said we shouldn't add that. Laughs Riley. Kappa. Kappa's in real life. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, incidentally, 14 also has auto an auto-translate feature, and I noticed it, noticed it translates as good game. GG. Ko Koji says, that's right. <laughs> is yet another phrase used in many different situations. But at least with good game, you can somewhat understand what the other person meant, even if it wasn't used correctly. Yeah, and it means when we've lost and we spam good game, it means you guys sucked and you should have done better at Crystalline Conflict. Yeah. <laughs> Same with nice job. Nice job. Yeah, nice job. GG, easy, no real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another point I wanted to bring up is how convenient katakana letters can be in Japanese. This for is a translator. For, oh, oh, this yes. is the interviewer, sorry. This is the interviewer again. Because remember, the interviewers in the Japanese interviews like being the main character of the interview. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring it's up... Yeah, conversation. For example, the rock ability Stormwind uh, and great axe weapon skill Stormwind, Stormwind, Stormwind are basically the same words, just with English and German etymology. However, the names look completely different when spelled with Japanese katakana. Did you have any trouble translating words like that? This must have been when he first started adding, not puns, but, you know, playing around. Yeah. Mm. Koji says, those can be tough. Laughs Riley. For example, let's say a version update introduces an item with a Japanese name that means Sword of Bronze. But the game already has something else named Bronze Sword in katakana. Those kind of <laughs> situations really had me stumped. How, how did you resolve those conflicts? Koji says, as we pointed out those kinds of problems, we started to make our own suggestions for names from the localization team. Otherwise, we'd have to deal with constant revisions, and it'd be difficult to settle on a name. Even now, most of the naming for items and such are handled by the localization team. We have cases where we provide an English translation for something that was originally named in Japanese. Then the Japanese name ends up using the English name in katakana. Or if a literal translation of a Japanese name doesn't work in English, we might give it a completely different English name. Um, this is the interviewer. I know some missions. I know some missions and quests have completely different names in English and Japanese. For example, the Japanese name for the voracious resurgence loosely translates to <laughs> embryo of the eclipse world. Mm, delicious. Mm -hmm. You know, mm. I, I would... Uh, the voracious resurgence sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I think I'd rather visit there than the embryo <laughs> of the eclipse world. Rolls <laughs> off the tongue nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Koji says, it's one of those things we're able to handle flexibly because we have an internal localization team. Companies without a localization team have to outsource their translation, and sometimes localization is worked on without sufficient con confirmation from the developers or the translators. Fortunately, our developers and localization team are in the same company, so we can immediately ask the developers when we need something clarified. It also makes for an, for an environment where we can make suggestions freely, such as stylistic choices for translating certain words. Uh, being able to consult the scenario writers directly must be a huge advantage. Koji says Japanese is a language where you can omit the subject and uh, where you can omit the subject and object of a sentence and still have a coherent conversation using only verbs. For example, in English, we would ask "Wanna eat?" and reply with uh, "I'll eat." Um, uh, in Japanese, the same conversation can be held by asking eat and responding eat. Mm. 
which <laughs> which wouldn't really make sense in English. So when the subject of a sentence is ambiguous like that, I can just ask the writer who's only a few cubicles away. I'm going to start doing that now. Eat. <laughs> eat. I mean, the one, you know, want to eat? Fine. I don't know about I'll eat. I'd just say, oh. yeah. Yeah, you'd normally say sure. Yeah, Yeah, I'll eat is a weird I mean, I get that. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll eat. Maybe, but the, you'd need a, a some. You need an affirmation, maybe, just to make it clear. Yeah, I'll eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, how do you go about translating Japanese uh, puns? Koji says, "I suppose I'd look past the words and focus on the fact that there's wordplay, then use the words in the translation to make a pun in English instead of literally translating." Futon ga futonda. My futon was blown away. If the line is what intended, <laughs> if the line is intended to make the player laugh, then I'd incorporate some English-based humor. See, listen, that made Lakil laugh. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. <clears throat> the important point is making the audience laugh with this line. If the translation is too faithful to the original words in Japanese and the audience doesn't find it funny, then the <laughs> translation has failed. <laughs> I would have laughed if they translated it directly as my futon was blown away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty funny. Another thing, and this does not count as a meow, by the way. Another thing is how Mithran characters' lines end with nya. Japanese uh, onoma... Oh, God. Ono onomatopoeia. Yeah, for a cat's meow. I can't even say that word in Norwegian. In the Japanese version, uh, how do you express that in English? Mm, how did they express that in English, Lakeel? Well, we'll see. Koji says, that's a tough one, since we usually don't add specific phrases to the end of uh, a sentence for characterization in English. You'd have to add characterization in a different way, like giving them a unique speech pattern, for example. As a matter of fact, Mithran characters in the English this version... The, this is the interviewer. <laughs> ...stretched out their R's when a word ended with the letter R. So that's, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's the interviewer. Yeah, right. Yeah. Koji says, that was probably Richard's or Dick's, Dick's idea. idea. Since Mithra are based on cats, it was probably meant to be like a cat's purr. That particular rule was already in place when I joined the company. Wow. Dick got there early and Dick, got Dick the cat's was in there. purring. Yeah, he got the cat. Dick got the cat's purring. Good old Dick Honeywood. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Dick came first. Dick came first. <laughs> Um, uh, never forget that purring. That purring thing was kept was transferred to carried over into 1.0, and that's why a realm reborn characters. We talked about this yesterday, I think. That's why a realm, Some, re a realm reborn. Well, that's why characters. a realm, a lot of Mikote, a realm reborn characters that were existing that existed in 1.0, I think, still had that way of speaking. I mean. The only ones I can think of are the ones that are at the Forgotten Springs, because like characters yeah. like the the Armorer, um, the Armorer Guild leader doesn't have that. She's that been trait. in limps for too long. Yeah, I, I I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how many there are. I will say that. I'm glad they didn't continue that. I just don't think <laughs> it's in English. You didn't I, find it fun to read. I, <laughs> yeah, no. I just don't think like Japanese speaking quirks really translated all into English. They still do uh, that. They tried in, it with the in eleven, um, but yeah. uh, what are they? Ananta. They do this. They do the s's. Mm. Yeah, they do that, the long that s. That works, and I I think Kupo works yeah. too. As like a and the weird... Sahagen, they do their yeah. 
Gosh, gosh, gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah, like that. Like mm. Fish people. Yeah. But, um... I but don't like... mind the some Makoto doing the R, but I feel like reading lots of R's in a row just... It's annoying, isn't it? It looks like a yes. fan... Yeah. Roast it. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, the 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 Taru Taru as well have like a, 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 well I don't even know what to call it. They speak in like a, they repeat like part like the last part of some words in yeah, and it's very annoying. Uh, yeah, they rhyme. That's what it is. Oh. They do rhyme. Yeah. I love. <laughs> There's a very funny moment in the most recent 11 playthrough it was in last month's clip compilation of Lakeel getting angry at Taro Taro. Yes, yes. Well, he was playing like this discordant music on top of the oh, soundtrack of, yeah. the, of yeah. and Sondoria's fucking music is like bagpipe. So you don't, you know, you have that <laughs> really aggressive bagpipe and then you have someone going Annoying. What about the kobolds who end all of their sentences with um, synonyms, different words, many words, lots of words? Interesting. I'm curious oh, yeah. as to what that that's works. originally. Yeah. I yeah. don't mind these sorts of things, but I find them unusual to be like a racial tick. Like species wide, we all have this speech pattern. Yeah. Yeah. It's just how they learnt to speak. I guess. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. If you were to erase, if you were to erase one by like some like if you were to like take kobold, yeah, like well, Gabu still has it because he was raised by kobolds long enough. But if you were to take one of them like as a baby, they probably wouldn't have that trait. No. Yeah, and they can I mean, they can they can teach themselves not to do their traits. Like I believe true. the um, I believe the there's a goblin in Idleshire that doesn't ha say things in gobby speak. Right. That's fair. Well, it's like their dialect or their like accent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like yeah. Uh, mm. Funniest example I think I, I can think of that has uh, something like that is the the Hanar from Mass Effect. Oh, I yeah. think it's just so <laughs> funny because of they their voice tone is always just monotone. They have to like are they the indicate. big ones? Yeah, they're yeah. the big four legged ones. I like yeah. that. And <laughs> yeah. like it. That's a funny. That's a funny one. I think mm -hmm. it works really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, other times we change the S in a word to th th uh, or change the pronunciation slightly. Another thing we can tweak is a character's choice of words. We can add characterization by using intellectual words or foul language. Yeah. In that respect, I envy the Japanese language because there are so many easy ways to characterize it. Uh, for example, you can make a character sound like an old man just by writing a regular sentence and adding... Yeah. Ja. Ja. At the end. That's yeah, a German yeah. otherwise. Or Norwegian. Um uh that's a trope with old people in TV shows, anime and video games, even though you'd be hard pressed to find someone in real life that ends their sentence with ja. Yes. That's why you should learn Japanese through anime and then role play no, an old man no, while you're in no, Japan. No, yeah. no, no. Bad guys. way that to is learn. What you do. That's it. And That's also it. A, an old man cat. So you're like, nyanja. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hate all those people in anime high school or anime high school. Anime high school. You went to anime high school? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking high school anime club. So many people were learning Japanese through there. And it's just. <laughs> Yeah. They spoke in the most annoying fucking manner. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know I have some traits of accidentally saying things in like Kansai Ben, which is not how it is not the standard Japanese. Uh-huh. Uh 
Um, okay. And then you add a nya to the ending when you know it's a mitra. Laughs. Um, wait. Yes. Uh, also, in order to change a speaking character from feminine to masculine in Japanese, you would only need to remove d dawa. Whereas in English, mm -hmm. you may need to completely rewrite the line. In those cases, I feel that Japanese is nice and easy. Uh, Moogles also have a distinctive kupo at the end of their sentences. How do you handle that in English? Koji says, the rules for Moogles were established before I joined the company, and we add kupo at the end of English too. <laughs> I'm not sure who decided that. Yeah, that's the that was decided many years ago. Yeah, that's, that's a that's long got, time that's ago. Before this game. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, now they're going to talk about speaking of uh, rhyme, the the, the Taru Taru stuff. Uh, having a hard time making Shantoto's lines rhyme. So those who don't know, Shantoto is you've seen Shantoto if you played a, a Realm Reborn. She was part yeah. of the seasonal event, the uh, crossover for Eleven. If you played, if you played a Realm Reborn at the time of Realm Reborn. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, the 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 black mage poster girl in Eleven. Yeah, not a, yeah. I mean, like a version. <clears throat> yeah, she's the Eleven representative in in Dissidia. Yes, yeah. she is. Not to be confused with Shantoto. No, 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 no. No, who is a character in our game? Yeah, completely different people. Yeah. Next, I'd but like also to... the same. Yes. Next, I'd like to ask uh, about your work on the localization team. Could you tell us about the actual translation workflow? Koji says first, when we receive the Japanese text, we divide the work within the team. During that process, text related to the three nations was often assigned to the same team members to maintain a consistent writing style across version updates. A story tends to feel more unified when the same person continues to work uh, on each installment, and I assume the same goes for the Japanese version. We also designated team members for translating the main story of the missions for each, each expansion as well. Uh, do the translators decide the finer points of a translation on their own, or does the team have certain predetermined rules? Koji says, uh, Eleven involves a tremendous amount of text. So some points are left up to the translator to decide, but major c uh, conventions are usually determined uh, within the team. We're especially wary about aspects like characters' speech patterns or the names of items, which might come up in different situations. Those kinds of co uh, conventions can affect other people's work, not just our own. For instance, if we decide that a particular character uses complex vocabulary and an antiquated speech, it could cause trouble for the next translator who handles that character in a later version update. Yeah, that's that makes sense. That's like because you have to keep that in mind for a very yeah. long time. You gotta have those character guides. Yeah, yeah. And you have you have to know that whoever comes after is able to translate it in the same way. For example, if if you were the person that decided that Rianjay spoke the way that he spoke in A Realm Reborn, you would have to be aware of the fact that everyone after you has to translate him that way as well. They, yeah. they did simplify what he says now. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not a small difference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so the, trans the translator, the interviewer asks, have you ever run into that problem in your own work? Koji says, one character I had trouble with was Shantoto. Her Japanese dialogue wasn't very complicated, <laughs> but Dick decided that her lines in the English <laughs> version had to rhyme. And again, oh, that's, damn it, Dick. that's Dick Honeywood, everyone. Ah, oh, Dick Honeywood. Yeah. Ladies, man. Ooh, that sounds like a lot of work, considering how often she appears. Koji says, rhyming adds a lot of constraints because of how you need to choose words that have the same ending. 
since I had to translate the original meaning from Japanese and also make it rhyme, translating Shantoto's dialogue took me twice as long compared to others. I was like, why did have to why why did he have to make this rule for such a talkative character? Laughs. But perhaps it paid off, this is the interviewer, considering her popularity among Western players. No. Koji says characters yeah. who rhyme all the time okay are insufferable to <laughs> yeah every now and then it's fine but having your whole speech pattern be rhyming is so irritating well i think that's kind i think it works for shantoto yeah, because she's work. kind she's... of supposed to be eccentric and a little yeah. bit like annoying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. She's yeah. A, an annoying little Tarantara, and, and, which is fine, but and when God. the rhymes are like clever as well, like you're, uh, I don't know, I, I, it didn't bother me with Shantoto. It did get old with you know the Tarutari in general, though. Um, but yeah, uh, that's true, says Koji. It's a good memory now, but it was a real struggle at the time. We learned from that experience and eventually settled on a format where we discuss and decide conventions with the team. In some cases, <laughs> the discussions extends beyond the English translators and include translators for other languages as well. Someone, so, one of these like these like meetings is like, I would like this character to speak only in uh, sonnets. <laughs> oh, every God. every sentence, every everything they say is now a sonnet. Yeah. Uh, Please look forward. To it. <laughs> Sounds like iambic pentameter only. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like teamwork plays a big part in making those kinds of decisions. Koji says, This isn't something that only applies to translations. But while I believe it is possible for one person to create an interesting game on their own, the result would only contain one person's worth of ideas. The more people you have, the more idea ideas you'll end up with. Your colleagues possess, uh, possess qualities that you don't have, and you're also bound to have something they lack. And so together you end up with a better result compared to what you would have accomplished alone. Furthermore, the development process allows us to evaluate the positives and negatives of our work within the team, from which we can keep the positives, sorry, the positive aspects. That's not something you could do on your own. It's only possible when you have a team. In that sense, the Eleven team had a clear idea and unified vision of what they wanted to create, so we were all able to work well together. Team. We love teams. We love teams. Uh, were there any other complications related to translations that you faced within the team? Koji says, one of the hardest things about localizing an online game is checking for revisions. In online game development, adjust adjustments are being made right up until implementation. Even if we're asked to translate a certain chunk of text, by the next day, you might find out that half of it was rewritten. Keeping track of changes has gotten much simpler these days, since revisions can be displayed with the click of a button, but back in the day, when we didn't have features like that yet, I'd come to work and spend the first two hours reviewing all the files ugh, to identify any revisions fun. that had been made. You didn't horrible. even have... Um... Like Microsoft Office 365, you know, you could check the changes from previous versions. What did you do? Just read through the whole thing? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. probably they'd highlight their changes or something at least. Or to, they, they, they must probably have had would. Something. They probably would, but still. Lord, yeah. Yeah, that sounds It's hell. similar to co coding. Like, you'd have to review it every day. 
Yeah. No, only only do things that you have full control over. So only code your own full programs, yeah. translate your own. Full, then at least you know what's going on. Yeah. I don't think they I'm can do player, that because okay. that's 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 how you end up with 1.0 to 2.0 melee. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, that's, that sounds like a never-ending process. Koji says to make matters worse, the development continued their revisions right up until the deadline. However, the localization team was also given the same deadline. Oh my god, laughs Riley. If the Japanese text was still being worked on during the final day, there would be no time for the localization team to reflect any changes. It was really rough at first, but after repeatedly requesting more time for localization, we finally got a rule which separated the deadlines for the original text and their localizations. Thank God. That's interesting. Yeah. That means that sure, that means the Japanese one would have to be pushed forward, so theirs have to come in early. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. I so, believe they've talked about this for fourteen, so mm, it's yeah. it's a current rule. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, keeping the food item text a secret. Next, I'd like to talk about some uh, of your work, which even gained attention from Japanese players. First of all. How did you come up with such playful translations for the help text for high-quality food items? So here's some explanation for this. Koji's English help text for high-quality food items have a distinct sense of humor with noticeable differences compared to the original Japanese text. For example, here are the help here's the help text for garlic crackers in each language. Japanese version translated to English, garlic crackers that emit a thick smell. English version. Now, with 32% more <laughs> garlic, do not eat these potent crackers before a date. That's funny. Yeah. So That's good. That's a classic Koji Fox Way translation. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Koji says, I went completely off the rails with those. <laughs> um, the original help texts for food items were too literal. For example, cinnamon cookies were described as cookies flavored <laughs> with cinnamon. God. When I read mm. those descriptions, I couldn't help but wonder if they would really evoke our players' imagination. Who is this? Is so Tanaka-esque, like yeah. super serious guys. We're gonna be super serious. <laughs> yeah, I see. I believe this yeah, is no. still the case for fourteen. A lot of Probably. the time. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Since the help text is hardly any different compared to the name of the item, Koji says, "I figured no one was reading those descriptions, and if that was the case, so then no one would notice if I had some fun with the text, right?" And that's how I started secretly playing around with the text. <laughs> As expected, no one seemed to take notice for a while, and I continued to have fun with my translation <laughs> until a Japanese player finally caught on. They posted an article on their website about how the help text for high-quality food items were vastly <laughs> different between Japanese and English, which became a widespread topic among players. When the development team caught wind of it, they were like, What are you oh. doing? They found out. Have a sense of humor. You hadn't even told the development team. Coaches says I didn't say I, I, di I did say I was doing it secretly. <laughs> there was a massive number of food items, and having to translate all those dry descriptions was a very grating task for me. But looking back, mm. it was wrong of me to act without permission, regardless of the circumstances. You need to ask before you do that sort of thing. Uh, looks like he's been ground down by yeah. corporate culture. Yeah. Go rogue as a translator. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one of your work that received a lot of attention was the A Little Goblin's Adventure, which was a pub oh. which was pub was published on the official website. That also had a very different con had also had very different content in the English version. But how did that come about? 
Koji says, A Little Goblin's Adventure was created by Mr. Uh, Hanyuda. Uh, he and I got along well because we, we often traveled together for overseas business trips, and we were also both drummers. When Mr. Hanyuda wrote A Little Goblin's Adventure, there was talk of making an English version, which ended up being assigned to me. The Japanese version had been written in an interesting way, so I tried my best to make the English version just as interesting, and it and ended up going overboard there as well. In the end, the English version I wrote was translated back into Japanese and introduced on the same website again. Everyone was like, why are the Japanese oh. and English versions so different? <laughs> God. <sighs> yeah. Where did you get that sense of humor? Koji says, I feel like it wasn't just me, but the entire Eleven development team had an atmosphere of goofing around where we could. The publicity team shared that sense of humor as well. They once introduced me on their official website as a foreigner who's 250 <laughs> centimeters tall, <laughs> eight foot two, along with a photo of me standing on a chair behind a partition. That's funny. <laughs> Our resident giant. <laughs> um, that was also shared uh, on that other website, laughs. Koji says, of course, everyone usually worked really hard, but it was a strenuous project. With other projects, when development was finished, there was a vacation period before the next project began, but Eleven was always in development as long as operations continued. It was inevitable for stress to build up over time, and those outbursts of humorous behavior seemed like a way for everyone to blow off some steam. Um, uh, this interviewer, after all, taking care of your mental health is vital to long-term development and operations. Koji Sex. Uh, Koji, Koji Sex. Koji says, Final Fantasy XI provided me with plenty of opportunities to keep things fresh by taking on new challenges and trying things I normally wouldn't do. Can I quickly say that taking care of your mental health is vital to long-term development and operations <laughs> is a very corporate thing to say. Yeah. It's not important that you, be, you, you maintain your mental health for yourself. It's important yeah. for the company. For long-term no, yeah. development. Yeah. We're valuing yourself based on your productivity at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that they keep bringing up this other website of like these disgruntled, ultra serious Japanese players who are just constantly criticizing why are the versions different. Yeah. He's not <laughs> two hundred and fifty centimeters tall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. The Troy. I think we'll. This will. I think we have way. We have a lot more left. No, we don't actually. No, oh. never mind. It does. Well, it's that, refusing. This is, this is the last. We're going the final stretch. This is the entirety of the last part now. Yeah. Here, starting yeah. here. Okay, uh, the trials and tribulations of translating lyrics. Koji, you were the drummer for the Star Onions at Final <laughs> Fantasy XI Summer Carnival 2005 and Altana Festival in Osaka in 2007. Did you have any experiences with music prior to those performances? Koji says, I started in music when I began playing percussion in fifth grade. From there, Same. I played percussion in marching bands and brass bands up through high school. After moving to Japan, I joined a band in university and worked hard to make a major debut. Did you go through with all that as well, Gyoki? Or, uh, nope, I stopped the... doing it when I finished <laughs> primary school, Mela. In Hakoda, I left the glockenspiel behind. There's oh, this, there's never this, to glocken again. There's this performing uh, arts theater called uh, Aundo Hall. Glay has been performing Whoa. there since their <laughs> oh, debut. Yeah. And there's this wall where they wrote Glay in enormous letters. 
We wrote our band name next to theirs in small letters, but perhaps our shyness was a sign that we weren't going to make it big <laughs> like they did. Imagine that. Glay, an incredibly famous band, and then the Star Onions. <laughs> <laughs> the Star Onions! So, so when, when are we making the Final Fantasy band? We can do it. Well, we already have some songs ready, you know? We have Coca-Cola yeah. and... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and Bahamasi. Bahamasi, I need you Bahamasi. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, we definitely got more, but we yeah. just need to search the archives. Yeah. Uh, so you'd been doing music for quite a long time then. Koji says, those experiences eventually led to joining the Star Onions for Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> I believe the band was formed when Mr. Mizuta uh, wanted to... Who's that again? Wanted, oh, they, they will explain. Wanted to do a live concert, to which Miss Tanioka agreed. Uh, oh, okay. Naoshi Mizuta is the composer for most of the music for Eleven. That's why that oh, wow. rang a bell. Uh, mm -hmm. Kumi Tanioka, composer, arranger, and pianist who composed numerous songs for Final Fantasy Eleven. Okay. Uh, how did you end up as their drummer? Koji says, we had another drummer in the company, Mr. Hanyuda. Han... Hanyuda, but he was already part of mm -hmm. Mr. Umatsu's band, the Black Mages, and couldn't commit like, to another. The name. <laughs> From there, people yeah. in the team knew that I also could play the drums, so that's how I ended up getting nominated. There was an audition sort of thing where I played the drums in front of Mr. Umatsu and Mr. Hanyuda, who instructed me to play certain beats. Umatsu, that sounds familiar, I don't know. Never heard of um, him. Well, Arata Hanyuda no. is oh, the original wait, it's not global. Oh, Lobio, is it? Uh, well, we'll see. They have they have explanations here. The original global promotion producer for Eleven. That's that's oh. Hanyuda. Uh, mm -hmm. Nobu 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 Uematsu, <laughs> composer of numerous tracks in the Final Fantasy series. That rings a bell. I thought he was a boxer. I thought so too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Was it wrestling? Oh, was I think it was wrestling. wrestling or boxing. Yeah. Yeah. And he likes drinking beer. That's yeah. his life. Yeah. I thought he was a musical his... therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, you've played at several large-scale events for Final Fantasy XI, both in and out of Japan. And now you even handle the vocals and rapping for Final Fantasy XIV. I just, I just hope people understand that that was a joke, considering how much we've talked about Umatsu. Oh, we sorry, obviously yeah. know who that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just don't even in the comments, please. Koji, I'm not sure how I ended up in those roles. Um. Uh, wait, did I read yeah. that? How, yeah. How did it be called a rapper? Because like, <laughs> he can he's speak from America. English. Well, I think it's because he just does it. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't yeah. seem to like. If he give, if given the opportunity, he'll just do it. And just I, one yeah. day, someone's like, I think, "Yo, Koji, give me a beat," and then yeah. just like. Well, so, I think. I if you're going to be a, a rapper for English lyrics, you have to have decent enunciation, which is more difficult for the non-native English speakers. Yeah. 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 He's uh, just living life to the full. You can have a little bit of English rap. It, it, no, you know, uh -huh. It's okay. Oh, sometimes it can be hard to even understand the regular <laughs> lyrics in a primal song. Really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe you've also written lyrics. What was the first song you ever worked on? Koji says, the first song I ever... Sorry, the first song I wrote the lyrics for was Distant Worlds, the ending themes for Chains of Promethea. Oh, I didn't know that. Technically, I was translating the Japanese lyrics written by, oh, Misato, but unlike a normal translation, it had a melody uh, and needed to rhyme, so it was very difficult. In the end, I essentially rewrote everything from scratch, based on the feelings <laughs> of the original lyrics. That must have felt good. Yeah? Was 
worlds the concert series named after this song or was the song i think the so. song come second i think it is Ooh, yeah that's cool that's surprising that it's named after an 11 song yeah uh yeiko sato is the planner for final fantasy 11 um planner. yeah planner just planner planner what does that even mean just plans. She just plans yeah. things. <laughs> she Quite fun. an yeah. empty diary these days. <laughs> okay. Uh, sounds like translating lyrics was very different from translating regular te text. Koji says, something I found particularly troublesome was how Japanese songs typically allow for any combination of verse and melody, whereas stressed syllables are crucial in English songs. For instance, there are two syllables in the word paper, and the first syllable is stressed. When you have a melody where the stress is placed towards the end, the word paper should not be placed there. Instead, you should choose a word that stresses no. the second syllable. You like so. the second symbol, syllable. Paper. 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 It sounds French. Paper. 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 Like so, translating lyrics into English is restricted by the melody and rhyming schemes. Combined with having to preserve the feeling of the original poem, you end up with numerous limitations. And so translating lyrics is the most nerve-wracking and time-consuming part of my job. That said, I feel an immense sense of accomplishment when the lyrics are finished. I can't read, like, putting stress on like different syllables because i was reading I was, <laughs> you were trying to in my head yeah. i was trying to be like put it stress at the wrong spot now i couldn't do it we've got you she's, there's she's pointing out something that i've always noticed about japanese songs is that like when ja japanese is sung they can change the focus or the stress on whichever syllable is necessary so that it will rhyme. Because yeah. oftentimes when I'm listening to a song, Jap a song ja sung in Japanese, I'm like, that's not how that would flow when spoken, but okay. Right, right. Yeah. You can't break that rules often in English. I mean, no. you can sometimes, but it's... Yeah. Uh... But you'll notice it. You'll be like, mm, <laughs> yeah. way of saying that. And I guess in Japanese people do it. They they don't they don't care about that rule right. too much. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's often cases where foreign songs are covered with completely different Japanese lyrics, uh, and vice versa. Perhaps they too are the result of prioritizing certain elements and feelings of, uh, of the original songs. Koji, sa Koji says, in the end, all that matters is that the song is enjoyable for the listening audience. After all, wrestling an accurate translation of the original lyrics into the melody doesn't necessarily make for a good song. Ruth. Nope. Uh, Koji, you're also the one oh, who suggested... I love this Italian picture. <laughs> yeah, there's a picture of him. <laughs> spaghetti. Uh, Koji, you're also the one who suggested the name We Are Vanadil for 11th 20th anniversary website. Could you share your reasons behind the name? Koji says, first of all, Final Fantasy XI was only made possible with the many people who have been involved in its development. Many people have been involved in XI over the past two decades, including the creators who first came up with the idea, the people who shaped the world of Vanadil through artwork, those who've been with the project since its inception, and those who joined midway, as well as members of the operations and publicity teams. So it's we and not I. It was with everyone's presence that XI was made possible. And the positive aspects of all those people were packed into the game as, uh, we know as Eleven. And of course, the other we is the players. Although the Final Fantasy series had many fans prior to Final Fantasy Eleven, 
Each of them was an I playing the games alone. When Final Fantasy XI came along, and for the first time... Sorry, then Final Fantasy XI came along, and for the first time, all of those I's came together to become a we. I really like the idea of... It would probably be best if it was Tanaka started just going, I am Vanadia. Yeah, that would have been the name and, of this series if this... Yeah. And it's all it's all about me. Yeah. I, Interview I me it. for everything. I am Vanadia. It's like a 20-part interview with just him. It'd be so good. <laughs> um, ah, so the name was also a reference to how Eleven was the first online game in the Final Fantasy series. Koji says, that's right. Furthermore, the actual game content in Eleven w could only be played with a community not by one person on their own. I mean, would you have been able to obtain a magic skull all by yourself in the early days of the game? Laughs. Laugh. No, the answer is no. We were able to keep playing, playing thanks to the help of the people we met back then and a sizable overall community. That's why it's we. Vanadeel has countless supporters in its developers and players community, and that's why I suggested the name We Are Vanadeel. Nice. Magic Skull is one of the items dropped by ghouls required in the quest Elder Memories in Selbina, which unlocks support jobs. Is it hard to is just... it? It is hard to, to get. You need a group. A lot of, mm. like we said this before, Eleven could not be played solo at launch. Like, uh, so it's not and... worth oh. getting into now. Well, now you can, because now you have all the oh, egos okay. and stuff. So you can. Oh, yeah, but sorry. here's the thing I don't think my sanity could survive playing it solo. Okay. Of course it could, Georgi. I think maybe... No, you know Let's what? Let's lock you in a room until you're level it, 50. Once you've unlocked Alter Egos, I think it is more enjoyable, possibly, to play it alone than how we've been playing it with people, like, having to go different... Because the problem when we play it is that we all have, like, different levels and we have different requirements. Like, I mm. have to go here. I have to go here. If you're on your own, yeah. I think it's, it's... I'm, like, level, like, 46 now. You can essentially have a full party with Alter Egos now, and it'll, and it'll just do what you want. Mm -hmm. So... Um, it's the it's the perfect name for the 20th anniversary website. Koji says, of course, this we includes myself. I was all alone when I came from Hokkaido. <clears throat> Square was the first game company I'd ever worked for, and I was new to working as a translator. I didn't know what to do at first, but everyone in the Eleven team eagerly offered their support and taught me what I needed to learn. The Final Fantasy Eleven development team is a comfortable community of its own, and I believe that's why they were able to make a community-focused game like Final Fantasy XI. That's great. With Eleven having celebrated its 20th anniversary in 2022, how do you feel when you look back at the past two decades? Koji says, it's really an amazing accomplishment. When I think about the past 20 years and those who've been playing since the early days, I imagine Eleven has become a truly important aspect of their day-to-day -day lives. It's sort of like how comfortable a leather jacket can feel after wearing it for so long. You just want to wear it forever what? and never want to get rid of it. Yeah. Is he talking about um, Yoshi P? <laughs> <laughs> In the same way, although Eleven has gotten a bit old, it has a gripping story, plenty of content to play through, and the relationships we've built with other players and all of that is very hard to let go of. Final Fantasy XI's graphics and systems may seem dated compared yes. to the latest games, but that doesn't change the fact <laughs> that it's still a good game. The graphics don't bother me. No. No, the, the systems. The systems. Both deal the, with it. Yeah, Come you on. just have to deal with it. Both the development team and player community continues to pour their passion into the game, and I believe that's why people are still drawn to Final Fantasy XI. 
I will. Uh, I mean, I I agree with you about you know. I think I think we we would both feel the graphics in eleven are are more than acceptable. Yeah. It's yes. not unpleasant to look at, and it has a really no. unique style. Yeah. Like the the armor, and and the textures are weirdly high quality. Mm-hmm. There's there's um, like eleven sharpness that is hard yeah, to like describe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I think the it's only the camera and the yeah. menus. The menus that go yeah, into menus. The oh. play style is very strange compared to modern games. I agree with. Yeah. That. Uh, I think the one point where the graphics fall down is possibly the draw distance in the overworld, but that's mm, still fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the 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 terrain isn't always fantastic, but it, the models. It has nice. led to like most of the overworld being empty. Like it's there's mm. not a lot going on in it. Kind of like you know one point. What, mm. You know, eleven gives me a lot of vibes of from just what? like seeing it as an outsider. Mm. A lot of Morrowind vibes. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Another mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That's that's a good comparison, actually. Yeah. Um, how would you describe Eleven in the context of your career? Koji says, I wouldn't be where I am today without Final Fantasy XI. Eleven is how I learned everything about working as a translator, as well as what makes a good or bad translation. That knowledge allowed me con- to continue translating in fourteen and most recently, sixteen. So I'm truly grateful for Eleven. I'm also grateful to the company and the Eleven Project for giving me a chance when I had no translation experience, and to Mr. Tanaka hey. and the development team who entrusted me with translation. Last, so, yeah, we can't always make fun of Tanaka if he's the reason that we have Koji Fox. No, that is true. I mean, also I say that all the time. He also made Eleven, which is, I mean, there wouldn't be yes. a fourteen he's without done Eleven. He's good things. He just got. It just he went just downhill. failed to move with the times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, last but not least, do you have any words for Final Fantasy XI and its players as they continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary? Koji says, everything I've shared so far is my message for everyone, so it's difficult to reiterate all of that in a few words. I imagine everyone who still plays XI does so because they love the game. So I feel like thank you for playing isn't quite the right words. It's truly an honor to have been involved in the development of a game that everyone has loved for so long. Although my work only makes up a small part of the overall project, I'd be very happy if anyone was moved in any way by reading the words I wrote. It's also a great honor to be interviewed on behalf of the many people who've been involved in the Eleven localization team over the years, including Dick. Oh, Dick Honeywood? Other senior translation colleagues, the German and French translators, and N who is currently in charge of the English translations. N from Pokemon Black and White? Yeah. No, N from Death Note. Yeah. Who's the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. The worst half of the anime. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Vanadil continues to exist, thanks to the countless supporters we have in the development team, the localization team, and all our players. All in all, perhaps the message I want to convey to everyone at this moment is, we are... Vanadil. Dick Mark Honeywood. <laughs> Shout out to Dick Mark Honeywood, <laughs> original Fantastic. localization director for Final Fantasy XI. There you go. Really good, uh, really good interview. Yeah. His was, was very probably the best one, I think. I think so too. But yeah. maybe that's just we've, biased towards I mean, liking him so much. Yeah. We've read two of them, Layla. That's true. It's been Yoshi P and or have you, Koji. No, there was. No, a, oh, was, I read the Tanaka was, stuff. Oh, Tanaka. Oh, you read the Tanaka one as. 
We didn't Don't cover the Tanaka that. one. Oh, I just I've read it then, and I'm being well because unfortunately Tanaka's not that relevant <laughs> to no. this game anymore. Damn, no. we need to have a, a, an eleven podcast ones, for a though. day where we can just read the Tanaka interview. Uh, <laughs> speakers of Van Adil, uh, April first, a one-off for April first. We'll read the Tanaka interview. All right, that's it. Um, thank you uh, for uh, being here. You're welcome. Uh, and thanks for watching. Mm -hmm. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Remember to follow on Twitter at speakersxv, twitch.tv slash speakersofhydland, youtube.com slash speakersxv, exclamation discord in chat. If you're watching live, if you're watching on demand, link is in the description. Remember to send us mogmail, speakersxv.com slash mogmail. And if you're watching live, we're going into the post show and there will be things happening. So make sure you catch that. All right, see you there. Bye. 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 You've just listened to an episode of Speakers of Heidelin, produced by Speakers Network. Producer for this episode was Lukeel Bravestone. Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy XIV is a registered trademark of Square Enix Holding Company Limited. If you would like to support the show, consider pledging to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com speakersxiv or buy some merch at teespring.com stores speakersxiv. Link to both of these sites, as well as our Discord server, is provided in the episode description. Thank you for listening to this Speakers Network production.